0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Welcome to the family. Here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awaijan. Purple Mafia is available on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Double Twist, and of course other outlets because the RSS feed spreads and spreads and spreads. Uh, just like this defense is parting like the Red Sea. But uh yeah, the Minnesota Vikings played a very, 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 very entertaining game on Monday night football. Very entertaining offensive performance, a couple of good defensive plays, but generally speaking, just extremely frustrating at the end of the day. The referees swallowed their whistles, and the Minnesota Vikings chalk up a 37-30 loss in Seattle Century, Link Field. Oh, my God! (laughs) Oh, joy, it's the Christmas season. It's a season of giving, and the Vikings were giving. The Vikings were giving. They were run over, and uh, roads, you know, our roads are meant to be run over. And, well, Xavier Rhodes was run over a lot. Uh, he had a couple of good plays, forced to fumble here and there. A couple of good plays, but that did not make up for his horrendous play. That just continues to get worse and, worse and worse and worse and worse with each week. If Xavier Rhodes is back on the Minnesota Vikings next season, i got a bridge to sell you. I mean, eventually, we well, put it this way. If Xavier Rhodes is brought back, they got to fire people. Heads need to roll because you're not doing your job. Uh, if you're a defensive coach, defensive-minded coach, you're a general manager that wants to... <coughs> <coughs> I, I, again, we're going to do what we can to make the team better. If your mindset is doing what you can to make the team better, then he can't be on the team anymore. It's, it's it's time. It's time for Xavier Rhodes to be gone. I understand you can't cut him this year, but can you bench him? Yeah? I mean, if somebody's making a lot of money, doesn't mean they, you, you're forced to put him in there. It just becomes loyalty to a fault. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a very solid game. He had another unearned, so to speak, interception because uh, Stefan Diggs was interfered with and the ball was batted around like a pinball into the air. Volleyball, pinball, whichever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm just annoyed with this front office that uh, they didn't try to improve themselves better than they did. It's just sickening at the end of the day. Why Jalen Ramsey wasn't acquired at some point from the Jacksonville Jaguars? yes. It would have cost a big price. But if your window's open now, and you're in the place to win now, Kirk Cousins is, what, 30 years old? He's in the middle of his three-year guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract, which was unprecedented until that contract was signed. Jalen Ramsey's probably the best corner in the league, and and he's playing on a Rams team. Rams, Ramsey, that's cute. That's about the only rhyme and reason you might have for him playing for the Rams at this stage, because the Rams are... They're playing like a team that lost the Super Bowl. You know, like they come back the next year and they're barely functional or they're barely functional when it comes to being in the postseason. You know, like they're on life's depart, so to speak. Yeah, it's two first-round picks, a fourth-rounder. It's expensive. Anytime you're talking multiple first-round picks, it's an extremely expensive trade. But, I mean, you're you're good. You're set. Uh, it doesn't give you a spectacular defense. One player is not going to make your defense spectacular, but it's going to plug a pretty big hole Known as Xavier Rhodes. The roads are wide open. I mean, hit the roads, the roads are open, hit the bricks, pal, whatever you want to say. But uh, the roads would have been closed a little more if Jalen Ramsey was on the Minnesota Vikings, I think. And the Vikings didn't make the move. I I get it, expensive as hell, blah, blah, blah. But, well, if you're in win now mode, you're in win now mode. Make up your bleeping mind. Because, uh, well, that would have made a big. Frickin difference. Oh boy, I almost dropped an F-bomb there. It would have made a big bleeping difference, okay? It, it would have made a difference. That's bottom line. This defense stinks, and yeah, it stinks right now, and you know, we can complain all day about Xavier Rose like I just did. How you're giving up play after play after play, those third downs, those crucial third downs, third and long, whatever, crucial third downs, those passing plays, but let's talk about the, the frickin' run defense. I mean, talk about getting run over. Talk about the Red Sea parting. Now, again, credit the Seattle Seahawks as much as I do not want to credit them at all because I hate their guts. But you got to credit them. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I hate their guts, and they had their Emerald Curtain again today, and the defense was not why Seattle won the game. Believe me. (laughs) Believe me, Vikings uh, did a good job uh, offensively, generally speaking. Scoring 30 points in Seattle, you think you have a pretty good shot of winning. You you would think, but, well, yeah, well... (laughs) The blocking, the run blocking by Seattle and the run defense, the awareness of the plays time and time again defensively in this game on run plays was just not there. It just wasn't there. I mean, Seattle ran for, what, over 200 yards in the game? Crucial third down after crucial third down. Long plays. And then you had the bleep and fake punt, which was just completely embarrassing. I mean, I don't know. And Yes, and it, it was kind of a dick play, but that's the NFL. Uh, NFL head coaches and offensive coordinators and special team coaches, they're all dicks trying to show up the other team. They always are. And that's just, welcome to sports. So yes, it felt like a dick play when Seattle was like already up by two possessions. It's like, okay, come on, man. And then, of course, it was a hell of a play by their uh, special teams. Completely caught the Vikings off guard. I like the hit at the end of the play because it was showed a little emotion. Nailed the guy real good. But at the same time, I mean, yeah. I mean, Travis Homer. Oh, brother. Travis Homer. Yep. The ball was hiked right to him instead of the punter, and away he went for 29 yards. Yes, he took a pretty good hit on the play at the end, but I don't know. <laughs> Lucky no one was hurt, per se. On that play, luckily nobody was hurt. Yeah, we'll talk about the injuries in a minute. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Schedule wise, the Vikings should be fine in terms of making the playoffs but winning the division. I don't know. <clears throat> Unless Green Bay completely falters, I think we're screwed. That was an extremely frustrating play, but yes, well well played. Well played, and all that. Again, it just, I don't know, it was annoying as hell. You thought, yeah, Seattle stopped. They're going to punt the ball back, and hopefully we get a chance to crawl our way back in it, which the Vikings did very well after a horrendous third quarter. Horrendous third quarter. Horrendous third quarter. I, I don't even know how to describe that one. It was awful. Everything went wrong in that third quarter. But uh, no, big-time play. Credit them, but again, at least credit the Vikings' defense a little bit for getting a couple stops, a couple stops for giving up 37 total points. The Vikings did crawl back in. Kirk Cousins kept things going. You had your chances. You scored a beautiful touchdown, another jump ball to uh, Kyle Rudolph. Absolutely loved that play, a jump ball play to Kyle Rudolph. That guy catches those plays one-handed. I love it. Just beautiful. Those plays need to keep happening, and Kyle Rudolph could be a fantasy tight end for a team that's winning a championship easily, because he would get 10, 11 touchdowns a year that way. Maybe even more. I mean, honestly, even if he wound up with like 300 total yards, but like 12, 13 touchdowns, because he's that good in those situations, kind of those, you know, in the middle of the end zone, kind of a jump ball where only he can get it, that type of thing. Looks Looks like a power forward in the NBA grabbing the rebound. That that's what he looks like, and guy love it. Looks like Kevin Love out there pulling down the rebound. Blah blah blah. Kevin Love, Carl Malone, whoever you want to, <laughs> whoever you want to compare him to on those rebounds. Um, but uh, this was all after again when the Vikings trailing thirty-seven to seventeen. You think that's pretty much all she wrote? Thirty-four seventeen. Pardon me. To so Seattle added their field goal at the end. To, uh, yeah, put them back up by seven. But no, you had to. <laughs> You got to see uh, you got to see Laquan Treadwell finally with what you could call an explosive play, but of course he was completely left wide open thanks to Bradley McDougald McDougald completely leaving his man. Not a good play. You need to stick to your man rather than trying to double up someone else on a certain play. Completely forgot about Laquan Treadwell. Maybe he figured, oh, he won't catch it anyway, but well, he was completely open, and if he didn't catch it, he should be cut tomorrow. But no, Treadwell did bring it in and had just, you know, daylight second, pretty much daylight in front of him, that's all it was, open in the flat for 58 yards, and he didn't even have to run hard for that one, 58 play, 58 yard play, got the Vikings well, from trailing 34-17 to 34-24, so at least he got within 10 points, a reasonable, reasonable score there, got down to two scores, a small one and a big score, yeah, okay, that's cute. But that felt good. You felt a little bit better. And then again, yes, you had the play to Kyle Rudolph again after the Vikings got their stop. But this was, I mean, well after what looked like the Vikings might have a game they could they could definitely win. They were leading at the half. They were leading early. You got the pick six after the nice tip. The ball was tipped up in the air. Hakeem Olajuwon style, like a blocked shot. Loved it by uh, <clears throat> number 91. Awesome play there. I just absolutely loved What the Vikings were able to do. Steven Weatherly knocking that ball away, and then it was picked off officially by Anthony Harris. At first, I thought it was a fumble recovery because it's like I was distracted for like that split second it happened. Every big play happens. Every big play happens. It seems like when you're like, for just a split second, you might turn away. Maybe you're looking at your Christmas tree, which is literally like just a foot away from the TV, right? And then it's like, oh, uh, Stephen Weatherly knocked the ball away like Kim Olajuwon. That was pretty damn cool. And then Anthony Harris got it while it was still a live ball in the air and brought it in for officially a pick six. That's when you felt so good. Like, this is the kind of stuff the Vikings never do to uh, Russell Wilson. And, in fact, a, a sack also down the stretch in the game, which got the Vikings the ball back, pinning Russell Wilson way back, made it thirty uh, third and 19 on what was a second and five. That was awesome. Pinned him way back there. Big time sack by uh Nygbo, who's been really awesome. Uh, he has really stepped up his game in a big way the last few weeks. He's looking like a legitimate uh, uh, three technique the last few weeks here. He looks awesome out there. He looks like Kevin Williams a little bit. Maybe not as good as Kevin Williams, but you get the idea. Loved what I saw there. I think the Vikings defensive line, generally speaking, was decent. But then again, I mean, the run stopping was not there. <sighs> the run-stopping just wasn't there. Linval Joseph has not been the same guy, and it sucks. Um, it's amazing how quickly things can change. Guys age and they're not as good, or the injuries catch up with them. Xavier Rhodes, yeah, can we say that again? There's a reason why he had eight tackles in the game, because, well, yeah, the ball was thrown his way, and the guy caught the ball. If, if, a, if a cornerback has almost no tackles in the game, that means, well, the ball was denied, or the ball was not thrown that direction. That's good. That's a good sign. That means it's a shutdown. But when, again, when a cornerback gets a ton of tackles, that doesn't necessarily mean he had a good game. Maybe on occasion he came up to stop the run or something, or he came to help someone else out. But uh, that's generally what I'm saying. But Xavier Rose, that was not the case. He was picked on in the game because he's just not good anymore, and he hit the player out of bounds. Another bonehead BS penalty, and he would not listen to his teammates telling him that was not a good thing, basically. He just didn't want to hear it. So I guess Xavier Rhodes is immune to criticism. I, that's okay. Whatever. He's still going to get criticism regardless of what he thinks on that play, <laughs> on that play, or any play. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, but the defense is not the same. Obviously, again, Linval Joseph is is becoming past his prime now, and one of my favorite players on the Vikings the last four or five years here. I just love Linval Joseph so much, and it's a crying shame to see he's kind of. It's catching up with him a little bit. He's not been the same this year. He's just not. Maybe he'll be better next year. Maybe he'll have a renaissance. But I don't know. You have a chance to go 12-4. and 4. You had a chance to maybe even go all the way to 13-3 and 3 this year. There was a chance that the Vikings could have finished 13-3 and 3 had they won last night. Maybe you just ride it all the way to the end. But uh, now it's going to be tough. Still might end up going 12-4, and 4, at least 11-5. and 5. Maybe you don't beat the LA Chargers, but I gotta think you can beat the Chargers. If Denver can beat them, why can't the Vikings beat the Chargers? Come on, the Chargers just aren't good, but it's a tough matchup, boy, and it's not next week, it's week after. We get Detroit in US Bank Stadium, the uh, safe confines of US Bank Stadium with Detroit, which better be a win. I mean, absolutely better be a win coming up next week. That's, yeah, you better pull out the green marker and write W on that one. On the calendar, come on, man. Put the red marker down. (laughs) Why am I even talking about red markers here? The only red marker should go on on, uh, Xavier Rhodes. Just and just put an X. Just put an X. You know, I mean, I'm I'm done. You know, I mean, you got Holden Hill. You got Mike Hughes. Either one of them can uh, fill in at some point. I know Holden Hill. We don't know what's going on with that guy in terms of you. Just you don't know if he's going to get caught with something else. And I'm not trying to be an a-hole. I'm not trying to be judgmental. But, well, I mean, it is what it is. It's got to stop happening. It's got to stop happening. So hopefully Holden Hill can uh, keep his house clean, so to speak, and uh, be that first-round-level cornerback that he was supposed to be instead of going undrafted, which, which he did. He was literally considered an upper rounds up to the first-round cornerback going into the draft two years ago. Mike Hughes, I mean, he gets beat, too. He gets beat, too, as good as he is. He gets beat, too. But he should be an improvement over what Xavier Rhodes has been. At least you're not going to get the idiotic penalties. That's just, that's just at a bare minimum. You're not going to get the dumbass penalties that Xavier Rhodes continues to get. The The emotions, the the blowing up, and, and okay, he's hurt again. He's hurt again because he's Xavier Rhodes, and whenever he's hurt, it's like the end of the world. He's been shot three times, maybe, in the leg. But he'll, oh, it's a miracle recovery. He's back out there. You know, I mean, it's come come on, you know, come on. That's that's kind of how Favre could be at times. Remember when he got hit in the, in the lower area <clears throat> in practice by a stray football and he acted like he'd been shot. It was pretty funny, but that was circa 2010. We'll leave, we'll leave that alone. It was funny, but that's Favre with the dramatics a little bit. And, yeah, Xavier Rhodes is a very dramatic person uh, all the time. I'm sure it does hurt. Football's supposed to hurt, unfortunately. And things happen. Things happen. Maybe you get a real painful muscle cramp because you're just, you know, you're moving 100 miles an hour all the time. Maybe your quad is, is cramped up. Your hamstring, God forbid, that hurts like hell. is cramped up. Anything. But <clears throat> still, the, the dramatics can get really ridiculous at times. Um, now you get into the injuries. Oh, man, <laughs> Riley Reef now has a concussion, so we're not sure where to go there. But Rashard, Rashad Hill... When he's played left tackle this year, has done pretty well. So, credit to Rashad Hill. And you know what? The offensive line, I think they did pretty good. And, of course, uh, Mr. and it's, like, yeah, you know, they're kind of back and forth. Uh, Kirk Cousins was sacked zero times. Also, credit Kirk Cousins getting rid of the ball, which he did a lot in the game. That's why his accuracy appears to be very low, because he was, there were there were a ton of throwaways in the game. Seattle was getting to him on a couple. There was a play, yeah, right. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a sack. Uh, that's weird, because Flowers just got right through. Nobody was on him. Nobody was blocking Flowers one time. It was a, uh, you know, a secondary blitz there. Um, corner blitz, pardon me. And, okay, uh, I guess. But uh, I guess he was able to... <laughs> I don't know if he... I think he moved forward a little bit, cause, and Somehow that didn't count as a sack. It sure looked like one to me. But... I guess not, but generally speaking, Kirk Cousins got rid of the ball quickly throughout the game, which was very good. That's good. You prevent the uh, prevent the uh, the terrible, crazy turnover. You prevent the uh, the sacks and losing like you know 20 yards at a time. So I like the mobility in terms of Kirk Cousins getting away enough in order to get rid of the ball. That's good. Again, that did hurt his accuracy. I thought Kirk Cousins had a very, very strong performance, though at the same time. There were a couple of nasty overthrows that were just crap. Like, sometimes it's those close plays, you know, like those mid-range, cl- close to mid-range shots in basketball. Like, imagine, like, okay, anybody can make that. And you you shoot it way too high and it just bounces off the backboard and then clangs up the rim. It's like, what was that? That's kind of what it's like. Like, you think it's an easy play. And then, for some bleeping reason, you miss. And that's kind of where Kirk Cousins' weakness is at times on occasion. It's just weird little blips in his game where those seven-yard, third-and-five type plays where he overthrows people and that are wide open. It's like, huh, what was that? Or, you know, at least they're open enough. They're going to probably catch it. And that's the one thing, one complaint I might have in Kirk Cousins a little bit uh, in the game yesterday. He had a couple of those that I think hurt the Vikings a little bit. But generally speaking, Kirk Cousins um, looked fairly unflammable out there. I thought he did a damn good job. Uh, I thought the Minnesota Vikings receivers were interfered with time and time again, and the uh, calls were not made time and time again. I don't want to say it was a poorly officiated game. It just was a openly officiated game. Like, well, let them play. It was a let them play type of game where there was a lot of contact and there was no whistle. There was no flags, no whistle here and there. Um, That was unfortunate. On occasion, I thought the very last uh, offensive possession the Vikings had on fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and two, whatever it was. I thought Irv Smith was interfered with. I thought he was interfered with. I I really do. I mean, it was just, the guy's just laying him down into the ground, like laying, leaning into him, into the ground. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being ticky-tacky, being a homer, but that felt like pass interference to me. It really did. And, of course, you know, you could just tell the frustration on everybody, like, whatever, fine. You're not not calling anything. At least you're consistent, I guess. And uh, that's your feeling at the end of the day. I did like the pressure on Russell Wilson for the most part. The guy's mobility is like I've never seen. The guy hes the boat, is the most mobile quarterback I've ever seen. Ever. And it's amazing he didn't get a ton of yards. But it was mostly because it was passing plays where he'd end up throwing the ball away or hitting open players. You just couldn't get to him. But luckily the Vikings again. Odenigbo and Daniil Hunter yet again getting another stack in the game. Always loved Daniil Hunter. But uh, this was a game that probably should have been won and it wasn't. So again, the injuries again. Riley Reef with a concussion. We'll see what happens there. But Rashad Hill at least seems to be a decent band-aid at the left tackle position, at the very least. I've been fairly pleased with Rashad Hill. Like last year, not so much when he was uh last year and the year before at right tackle, he wasn't real good. He seems better at left, doesn't he? He does. A great hustle on a play by uh Brian O'Neill that luckily didn't count. But the hustle of that guy, I, I, the athleticism and the hustle of Brian O'Neill is something to behold. The play where they they called Kirk Cousins for a fumble when he was passing the ball, they considered it a uh, the forward motion, so it ended up being an incomplete pass. But had it been a fumble, the hustle by Brian O'Neill it was unbelievable. I mean, for those of you that may have seen that, I was like. Who the heck was that? Was that Kirk Cousins? Did Kirk Cousins run that fast? And no, Brian O'Neill, right tackle, Minnesota Vikings, hustled like I've never seen, and just covered that ball up. It would have been a big loss of yardage, but hey, I'd rather be punting from the four or whatever versus Seattle first and goal at the four. Uh, should that have been called a, uh, uh, a fumble? Like no forward motion on the pass. Uh, beautiful job by Brian O'Neill. I even though again, even though it didn't count. The effort, to me, is fairly duly noted. That was a great play. That was a great play by Brian O'Neal. That I, I don't know if a lot of people saw that, or they saw it, maybe didn't think about it much. Great hustle. I, I got to tell you, that was surprising to see a right tackle move that fast. Tells you how athletic that guy is, and I love him. Good job, Brian O'Neill. And uh, he had a pretty good game, to be quite honest. Ola B.C. Johnson did not have a good game. Stefan Diggs, I thought, did not have a good game either. Uh, the plays could have been there, and they just weren't. They just weren't, and it was frustrating. Now Delvin Cook also, I'm finally getting to that. I keep hinting towards it, then I keep going into something else. He ended up injuring his shoulder on a fumble that ended up really turning the tide for the Seattle Seahawks during the game. (laughs) Yes, it surely did. Surely it turned the tide. Yes, it did. It really kept the momentum on Seattle's side at that point. Delvin Cook had some positive moments. Again, got in the end zone early in the game. Very nice movement, uh, very impressive start to the game for Delvin Cook, but down the line, you know, he just wasn't getting it. Uh, I don't know, Seattle's defense was focused on him pretty well in the game. They're probably hoping that Kirk Cousins would make some mistakes. Delvin Cook, only 3.2 yards to carry, and again, had a fumble lost in the game. His long of the whole game was 9 yards, so he never even got a 10-yard run, where uh, Madison did. He averaged 5.5 down the stretch, but he, made him, he was better as a receiving back on those screen plays those short screen plays than uh, actually running the ball. That seems to be one of the most effective plays the Vikings have right now. It's Both Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison who are both extremely capable of making plays there. And they don't fumble on those plays. But uh, Delvin Cook, again, now he's got an injured shoulder. But he has repeatedly said, just after the game, basically, that uh, he's going to be good to go for Detroit. So that's cool. God willing, he'll be okay. It's unfortunate with the fumble. He doesn't fumble often, but that's the second time now he's fumbled while getting injured. So, interesting. I remember the ACL, he had a big fumble and the Vikings ended up losing that game that actually officially, mathematically cost the Vikings home field advantage versus the Philadelphia Eagles back in 2017. It ended up being that game, but if the Vikings beat the Carolina Panthers, they would have had home field. It's just that the, then the Detroit one is the official reason because of because of losing to Carolina and stuff like that. If the Vikings beat Carolina, they would have had home field. So, games like that cost the Vikings in 2017. But, uh, digressing back to Dalvin Cook. Again, he says he's going to be okay, so I hope so. Uh, I surely, truly hope so. We could, you know, he's as valuable a piece as the Vikings have, and it was a shame not having him out there, but Alexander Madison, the more you watch him, the more you watch Alexander Madison, the more you see starting running back. I mean, he doesn't have the explosiveness. He can't, he's not a 22 mile an hour, he doesn't have a 22 mile an hour burst like uh, Dalvin Cook does but he has the intangibles to be a very successful running back in the NFL. I like Alexander Madison, and what an awesome draft pick that was. The Vikings trading down, trading down, David Kahn style, like David Kahn did with the Timberwolves. David Kahn did not come up with Alexander Madison at the end of that draft. I don't even remember what he did. He basically just traded away a bunch of uh, lower first-round picks. Just traded down to get a lower first-round pick and, and piled up cash to fire Kurt Rambis. Check out Timberwolves Explosion if and when you have time for that. Uh, That show is a weekly bit now, how that uh, fall cleanups are done, um, which they were completed during the bye week, yes. Uh, (laughs) But no, great job by Alexander Madison, but unfortunate finish. Again, Seattle's offense, they disguised a lot of plays. You had the reverse play. That was extremely frustrating, uh, but that's just part of the game. Again, just part of the game. Vikings got creative on a reverse play to uh, Stefan Diggs. He got 27 yards. So that was his best play of the game, to be quite honest. Um, but overall, again, frustrating finish. Seattle just kind of outcoached the Timberwolves. Uh, see, uh, what am I saying? Outcoached the Vikings. I'm t- thinking about basketball now because the Timberwolves colors. Seattle look like the Timberwolves. They do. Seattle Sonics really look like the Wolves right now. But, uh, especially those lime green. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle outcoached the Timberwolves. Seattle's offense greatly outcoached the Vikings' defense. Is it safe to say? It's safe to say, right? Seattle's offense, Pete Carroll, blah, 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 you know, all those guys, they outcoached the Tim- they outcoached the Vikings. They just said the Timberwolves again. And now Seattle is the number one seed in the NFC. Doesn't that just feel great? Because the got San Francisco lost again. We'll talk about that in segment number two, the roundup and all that. Uh, I hate it. Seattle's got the number one seed at this moment. San Francisco lost on the weekend to Baltimore in the uh, the Harbaugh Bowl rematch, but no Jim Harbaugh. Only John. Um, love John Harbaugh. Love him. Love John Harbaugh. I, I learned more about him this week, and I'll leave that alone, though. Uh, I love that guy. Uh, I'll leave that alone. Um, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh's a crazy son of a gun uh, with Michigan. The success has not been there, unfortunately for him. I thought he was going to be spectacular, but well, San Francisco, Shanahan, well, still 10-2, and 2, still hanging in there. Hopefully they can get past Seattle. I, I want San Francisco to beat Seattle any day of the week, even though, of all places, Richard Sherman had to go there. I hate Richard Sherman with a passion, but I still like the 49ers. Um, Crabtree might as well go to Seattle then. Yeah, maybe he'll tip the pass away and stuff. <laughs> okay, Fran Targerton award for this game. I I guess it's Kirk Cousins. I thought he had a really nice game. I I do. I like the way he kind of kept his poise out there. He didn't make the crucial mistakes. Again, the interception was not his fault. It was not his fault. Kirk Cousins was not perfect in the game. He missed a lot of plays. uh, excuse me. He missed a few short plays that might have been first downs that we could have used. We sure could have, but he kept his poise. He was not the reason the Vikings lost the game. The defense was awful. Kirk Cousins is going to get yet another Fran Tarkington Award for this week. Ah, boy. And Kyle, man, Kyle Rudolph, I love that guy. He's beautiful. But, I mean, I don't think I could give him a Tarkenton award. Um, It's just his value is very much there. Uh, God, I love Kyle Rudolph. In fact, you know, I think I might almost, I I, I, I don't know. I'm tempted to give it to him, too, as a uh, kind of a co. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Kyle Rudolph, too, because he did make multiple plays in the game, to be fair. He did. He did make multiple plays, and that jump ball was beautiful. I loved it very much. Uh, awesome play, and uh, credit to Oda Nigbo and Daniel Hunter for making big plays also down the stretch, and uh, Stephen Weatherly with that Hakeem Olajuwon block shot, that was a beautiful play, and it, uh, you know, it ended up leading to an interception. The Christian Brown Memorial is obvious, it's Xavier Rhodes again, and in a lot of ways, just the, the, the parting of the Red Sea, which was so frustrating throughout the game, giving up over 200 yards rushing, extremely frustrating, you could go to uh, several players with that as well. Extreme frustration. But it's got to be Xavier Rose again. It's pretty obvious who's going to get that award at the end of the season. It's pretty obvious. With that said, we'll take a quick break, get to the roundup, look at the NFC North. He's got the Thanksgiving and all that. You had your Thanksgiving Detroit Chicago game. <laughs> Detroit lost again. Jeez. Ah, and freaking Packers had an easy one against poor Pat Shermer. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the NFL and preview the De- Detroit Lions game coming into U.S. Bank Stadium, another Nooner. Ah, it's going to be nice to have a Nooner again. Feels like a little while, doesn't it? A little while. Ah, oh well. <laughs> you got your moments. It's been an interesting it's been an interesting week. You had your Thanksgiving Day games, which uh, one of them turned out kind of good. The other, you know, I mean, well, the, both of the road teams won. So a lot of uh, fans... Going to their annual uh, Thanksgiving Day game in Detroit and Dallas, they both went home frustrated, disappointed. Dallas, God, they—they're—they're—they're they're, they're not good. I, it's too bad, too. I kind of like—I uh, kind of like Garrett, but uh, I don't know. He's—he's not—he's uh, not—he's not up to par as a coach in the NFL. It's too bad, but it kind of is what it is. Mitchell Trubisky had some big moments in the game. I mean, 338 yards against Detroit. It's like, but a lot of people are like, yeah, we've seen enough already. Of course, again, Ben, but don't break. Patricia and all that. Matt Patricia, Detroit Lions. I don't think he's going to be back with the Detroit Lions next year. That's my strong guess. You got to see David Blow out there, and he wasn't bad. He was okay. Solid performance against a decent Chicago defense. The Bears are 500. They're still sort of in the hunt. Not really, but sort of. I can't believe Dallas is still winning the NFC East, but that's because that division sucks. Uh, Atlanta, well, Atlanta, they're not even in that division, so what am I talking about? But teams like Philadelphia and the New York Giants and stuff, Washington Redskins, there's just no competition for the Dallas Cowboys. Philadelphia could have won this division blindfolded this year, and they just won't do it. Um, Dallas did start 3-0, and and they've been 3-6 and since then. Awful, awful. Uh, Mitchell Zerbiski again had some moments David Montgomery was solid, just adequate throughout the game. Bo Scarborough came out of uh, for Detroit, wound up with uh, 83 yards. Anthony Miller, 140 yards receiving. That was a guy that P.A. endorsed not too long ago for the Vikings to draft. Ended up being one of those sleeper picks and a good draft pick by the Chicago Bears. They jumped up and took him, and he's been a factor for the Bears when the offense is actually clicking once in a while. Again, Detroit or Detroit, Detroit's not. Uh, Chicago's still in the mix. They're a game behind the Los Angeles Rams or a game behind the Minnesota Vikings for the sixth seed in the NFC at this stage. In fact, I don't even know why I'm getting into this game first, but it's okay. I can even come back to it a bit, too. Generally, I leave the NFC North for last, but I don't know. It wasn't that good of a game, necessarily, and Chicago's kind of not much of a factor. They're still kind of hanging in there. That's a weird... Uh, blip on me right there usually I yeah but it was it's the early game the Thursday game of course Thursday being Thanksgiving that's probably what gave them the idea of Thursday night football which yeah that's that's cute stuff but the rams one game behind minnesota for the 6 seed so the vikings would head to green bay wisconsin which it looks like they will be the number 3 seed right now very likely they're going to be the number 3 seed so they're going to host the wild card game they're going to be the top wild card team anyway the green bay packers and they're going to host either Minnesota Los an- or Los Angeles. It's probably going to be the Vikings, unless the Vikings somehow pass the Packers and we get to host the game as the number three seed, because Dallas ain't catching number three, and odds are we're probably not catching Seattle or New Orleans. Or San Francisco. San Francisco's the one team that could change things with Seattle. Uh, New Orleans is good to go. They're going to be a top... Uh, they're going to get a first-round bye. You can pretty much etch that in stone. The uh, New Orleans Saints are most likely to get a uh, first-round bye unless, again, somehow Green Bay or Minnesota go crazy, and uh, New Orleans has a couple of gaffes along the way. That's what it would take for New Orleans to fall out of the uh, the uh, uh, first round by. But it's between Seattle and San Francisco. I'm cheering for San Francisco 100%. I've never liked the Seahawks except maybe well, unfortunately, I didn't watch football as much in the 80s. It was just kind of in passing, and I wish I did. I wish I did because it was so good. It was so good. Oh, It was so good it was so good, I wish I did, I was was old enough I was still pretty young obviously, but I was old enough oh, it was so good especially San Francisco Oh, but Seattle had a pretty cool team they had some pretty cool players, including a certain tight end, who hosts the uh, Odds and Ends podcast, that would be Mike Tice former Viking coach, and tight end and stuff, Baltimore Ravens blah blah blah, first place, they've now gosh, they're now past New England man, I can't believe it, Houston's very much in the playoffs at the moment I don't know. I'm kind of jumping ahead, looking at that. But that's becoming significant this time of year. It's becoming very significant this time of year. Vikings are probably going to make the playoffs, but it's not etched in stone yet. New Orleans pretty much is going to have a first-round bye, though, whether it be the number one or the number two seed. That's still yet to be determined, depending on San Francisco and Seattle. Uh, San Francisco's loss screwed all that up, losing to the Baltimore Ravens. But, Baltimore, boy, if they were a college football team, they'd probably be ranked number one in the country right now. If, if this was college, I think Baltimore, they would get my vote for number one because, well, they beat San Francisco. Um, they beat New England this year. So, I mean, they're number one. They're number one, they're, period. Let's move forward. The other Thanksgiving game, Buffalo and Dallas. Very nice performance by the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, they're another team was stuck with the wild card because of the division they're in. Gee, can you can you imagine what division they're in? Yeah, the Patriots. You're screwed. You make the playoffs in the AFC East, you're going to be on the wild. You're going to be on the road, most likely. In fact, 100% chance, fifth or sixth seed. That's just how it works because there's four divisions in the in each conference. Frickin' Dallas. Just just look at this. Who's the better team here? Tell me who's better, Buffalo or Dallas? Who's the better? Who's the better team? But who gets the home playoff game? Uh-huh. Isn't that crap? Don't you hate that? I hate it. I hate it. I wish, you know, like, I, I wish they would amend that a little bit. In the NBA, they have. Like, a crappy division champion versus, like, a team that's second place, who is way better. Yeah, why should the division champion have home 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 court? You know what I'm saying? So, this was a rematch of the 92 and 93 Super Bowls. 92, 93 seasons, we'll say. But, uh, ah, I wish this was the result. God, I hate Dallas Cowboys. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I kind of like the Bills back then. I, I, I like them now just fine. I just didn't like the thromping they put on us in U.S. Bank Stadium last year. I'm still bitter about that. But uh, Josh Allen, very solid game. Very solid game. John Brown with one of those plays as well with a one completion. Perfect quarterback rating because it was a 28-yard touchdown. <laughs> Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, you know, he, he gets the yardage. He gets the plays. He completes the passes. He attempted 49 passes in the game. But uh, not a very well-coached football team of the Dallas Cowboys right now. Jason Garrett, love you. Love you as a person, but... Uh, as a coach, I, I I I don't know. he should probably be a coordinator or something or a quarterback coach at this stage. Don't think he's up to the to the task of being a head coach at the NFL. Just the decisions and all that, not good. And Buffalo clearly the better team and God bless the Buffalo Bills. Love the Buffalo Bills. I think they're they're wonderful. They're well coached. Nine and three. I mean, when's the last time Buffalo was this good? You know, I mean I guess they had an 11-5 season under Drew Blood, so Uh, in the late 90s, but they didn't do a whole lot after that. Or no, not late 90s, early 2000s, pardon me. Early 2000s because, yeah, 2001 was the fateful season when uh, Bledsoe was no longer the quarterback of the uh, New England Patriots because somebody took over, somebody. But uh, solid, solid, strong win by Buffalo. Kind of cheapening our win over Dallas a little bit, not because it's Buffalo beating them, but because, you know, well, you know, other good teams can do it too. It's not like Dallas is that tough of an opponent right now. They're just not. New Orleans State's with the other happy Thanksgiving Day game. And I hope, again, I hope all of you did have a happy Thanksgiving. I do. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. but The weekend went too damn fast. To quote a common cliche around the water cooler at work, it went too freaking fast. I hate it. You always end up right back at work again. It sucks. And then you get depressed with that football game last night. It was fun to watch, but didn't end well. Ugh. And it wasn't going well at all either in that third quarter. New Orleans is a pretty easy win. It's not. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this one. I barely even want to talk about it much. I mean, you know, the Saints. Obviously, they're you know still way at the top in the NFC. I think they're beatable though. I think the New Orleans Saints are beatable. I think the Vikings could beat them, especially if it was here. Hopefully, it wouldn't take a Minneapolis miracle this time to get the job done. But because I think uh, Breeze is closer to being past his prime. In fact, I I think he is. I think Drew Breeze is. Past his prime. I think it's time to say that he's forty years old. For Gripe's sake cripes with a p. He's forty years old. I mean, it's it, it's you're not a bad person for saying Drew Brees is past his prime. I'm sorry. I think he is. Uh, Atlanta, whatever they are, it's it's a it's a crying shame uh, with how much talent was on that offense and how prolific they were just two three years ago. And you look at him now and uh, ugh, three and nine, crazy. San Francisco and Baltimore, another Super Bowl rematch. Again, just like Dallas-Buffalo. Just like Dallas and Buffalo. I'm trying to see if there's any others. Nope. Okay, let's keep moving. <laughs> wow, what an epic battle. Back and forth type of game. Both teams come out of their 10-2. and 2, And to me, Baltimore is number one right now. They have the number one seed in the AFC. And I think they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't have the spectacular passing numbers, but he showed the mobility, the accuracy. He's got the it factor that other players just don't have. And, man, uh, for the 99,000th time, the Vikings ended up passing on a, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers because we had Dante Culpepper. We passed on Lamar Jackson because we already had drafted, uh, or we already drafted, we already signed uh, Kirk Cousins to the big guarantee. Uh, you know, this is why I would have been okay with keeping Teddy Bridgewater or Case Keenum and then drafting a quarterback because Lamar Jackson was available for the Vikings. You know what I mean? It didn't take long for Lamar Jackson to become a legitimate, like, star in the league. It didn't take long. Yeah, you might have thought it's luck, and maybe Baltimore's got just a much better, uh, much better structure for him right now than the Vikings might have. I have no idea. I think under Stefanski, not Di Filippo for Pete's sake, but I think under Kubiak and Stefanski, Lamar Jackson would have excelled. He would have excelled, and it's a crying freaking shame. It it really is that he's wearing he's wearing the wrong purple, basically the other purple team, the Baltimore Ravens. Oh boy, they might win the Super Bowl. They really might. Uh, they sure gave up a lot of rushing yards, though. They don't have that steel curtain type of defense they did when they won the first two Super Bowls, but the chances of them winning, though, are very high. Uh, they played pretty good defense against the San Francisco 49ers in the game, generally speaking. They stopped them when they needed to. Frustrated Garoppolo and all that, but they sure, like, they sure as heck gave up the run, though. Raheem Morissette just pounded away. At that Baltimore defense, 146 yards, a 40-yard gain along the way. An entertaining game to watch, though, on Sunday. Lamar Jackson wound up rushing for 101 yards. The athleticism, he did fumble the ball away, but he showed supreme athleticism. The guy can kind of do it all. He can be a pocket passer. He can move around. Uh, He's becoming a hell of a player. I I don't know who to compare him to. I'm not going to compare him to Michael Vick. I'm not going to compare him to Russell Wilson, either. He's he's Lamar Jackson. He's just kind of got his own identity. Uh, and he did in college, too. And that was when I was like, he's going to go number one overall in the draft, and he wound up going 32nd. And yes, I'm repeating myself. But that's what happened to Teddy Bridgewater, too. That a lot of people thought he was going to go number one in the draft, and he wound up going 32nd. Uh, Teddy isn't dynamic like Lamar, but he's got that high IQ that I just adore. I love the guy. Um, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is a starting quarterback in the league next year. I don't know who it's going to be for. If it's the Bears, if it's going to be for the Saints, which it could be. I think it's a good structure around him there for to lead that franchise. I might actually kind of like the Saints a tiny bit if he's their starting quarterback. I liked him when he was there. I just, I don't know, Drew Brees, Drew Brees there's just too many bitter memories about that uh, NFC title game. That's hard to let go. It's I should, but I can't. It's too much frustration. I've always loved their uniforms, the Saints, but other than that, no. Uh, very impressive win for Baltimore and very costly loss for San Francisco because now they're the fifth seed with a 10-2 and two record. Uh, that, that's what sucks, man. They should probably be number two, number one. They should probably be the number two seed, I think, or at least number three. Um, but they're not, so that's just the NFL for you. Tampa Bay-Jacksonville, a Florida flounder Florida flounder football here. Jacksonville stinks. Tampa Bay stinks. Um Twenty eight eleven. I don't. I don't really want to say a whole lot about this one. Either bore you with it too much. Not a very good game. Gardner mitchell had a couple moments, but nothing great. Nick Foles was not good. There's just not much to say. I'm just gonna move on. It's yuck. 28-11. eleven. Two crappy teams, and I don't know. Not a lot of. Not a lot to say about those. Washington, Carolina. Carolina's fallen off the face of the earth. Remember when they were very much in contention? I mean, very much in contention, like five and two. They're five and seven now. They're done. They're done and done and dusted. Done and dusted, as they say in Australia. Washington won their third game of the season. Yeah, how about them Redskins? (sighs) But, uh, Dwayne Haskins did something pretty crappy. He stopped for a selfie. That was kind of lame. Uh, that was a, that was a, actually, that was the week before, the bye week. He stopped for a freaking selfie. Well, What was that? That was not this week. That was last week. And then Case Keenan went out there, kind of like Peyton Manning and, uh, that that, that. Oh, I don't even remember his name anymore. Osweiler. Osweiler was just kind of taking his sweet time. He was going to go in the game, and Peyton Manning's like, screw it. You know, you're not going to go in. I'll go back in. It was one of those blowout games where they were trying to protect Manning uh, late in his career, obviously. anytime in on Denver, it was late in his career. I'd have to say, even though 2013, he put up some prolific numbers. 2012, pardon me, 2012 with a 50 touchdowns, but then got beat by Baltimore. Went on to go to their second Super Bowl championship They're undefeated in the Super Bowl, by the way. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, wow, playing each other again after uh, something nasty happened just a couple weeks ago. And uh, Pittsburgh wins this one. They get their revenge after Cleveland kicked their butts. Pittsburgh is hanging on to that sixth seed. They're kind of, well, I won't won't call them the Vikings of the AFC. I think the Vikings are better than Pittsburgh, but not a bad game. Delvin Hodges, meh. Baker Mayfield, man. Again, I don't want to say a whole lot about this either. Just the fact Pittsburgh won and they're in contention, and Cleveland's done. Pittsburgh won and Cleveland's done. And that's about all I got to say about that game. Uh, yeah, I mean I don't want to spend a whole much a whole lot of time in some of these icky games, and I don't know. Here's one that again tells you how finished Philadelphia is. Ugh. Oh, well, they're second place in their division, though. You know, they're still in contention for their division at five and seven. But when you give up 37 points to the Miami Dolphins, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's Hard Rock Stadium and everything, but <laughs> 37 points to the Miami Dolphins. 37. And Miami was having a party there, boy. Those, those, those players were having a lot of fun. <laughs> 37 points. 23 points in the second half after Philly was winning the game. Philadelphia sucks. Philadelphia sucks. It's official. I mean, they're they're done. Uh, I mean, completely done. Ryan Fitzpatrick's looking to make some more money. He's made a lot of money in his career because of games like this. 365 yards, three touchdowns. Carson Wentz also had over 300 yards against a Miami defense that's virtually non-existent. I mean, their defense is not good, obviously. The Vikings rolled right through them last year in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, one of the easiest games I've ever seen. It was just so easy. It was easy. And uh, this one wasn't, though, because... Philadelphia's defense has just fallen off the face of the earth. And I don't feel bad because I'm still kind of bitter about 2017. I don't feel too bad. Uh, Elshon Jeffrey had a big, big game and everything. Nine catches, 137 yards, but eh, you know. What about Devontae Parker, huh? Two touchdowns and on 159 yards. Anything you can do, I can do better. Right, Devontae? Yeah, that's what he's telling uh, uh, former Bears receiver Elshon Jeffrey. Wow. That's embarrassing, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> I, I, I love it, though. I love it because I, I like the Dolphins. I want them to do better. And I don't know. It's kind of it's a meaningless win, but I mean, I guess it feels good, kind of. It's meaningless and all that, but I don't know. A little feel good vibe for Miami. Nice to see their fans uh, patting them on the head and giving them some love after the touchdown. Parker, one of his big plays. It wasn't a Lambeau leap, it was like a Dolphin like greeting. I don't know. I don't think there's really anything that rhymes with it but uh, go Dolphins I mean 37 It's <laughs> Cincinnati won a game too <laughs> Tennessee well another situation where 31 Tennessee had 31 and Tennessee is done let's just look at it or excuse me Indianapolis is done Tennessee again it looked like they were done a few weeks ago now they're 7-5 and five and they're hanging on fighting with Pittsburgh and such for that final seed they're hanging on Tannehill very solid game only passed 22 times but extremely efficient Jacoby Brissett, the opposite. 40 attempts, lots of yardage, but not a very good game. Not efficient, multiple turnovers. Derrick Henry just ran all over people again. He's had a couple of good weeks here, hasn't he? Derrick Henry's really coming on the scene for the Tennessee Titans. They're uh, looking good. Tennessee Titans look good. And uh, they're the fifth seed right now. They would play the, oh, no, no, they're out. They're fighting with Pittsburgh. They're fighting with Pittsburgh for the final spot. Pardon me. Pittsburgh, Tennessee and Oakland. So we'll see what happens. I I'd rather see Tennessee. I don't like I don't like Pittsburgh, man. I don't like Pittsburgh at all. I, I I'm tired of them. Uh Cincinnati Bungles get their first win of the year because they decided to put Andy Dalton back in. And a lot of people are thinking, well, why don't you just leave him out and get your you know Get your number one pick in the draft. Right now, they'd still get it, because teams like Washington and Miami keep winning. So, okay, Cincinnati, you're probably going to wind up with a number one pick anyway. And the Jets, who'd won like three games in a row or something, it feels like it. Gosh, they were four and seven. (laughs) That's weird. They were like one and seven, weren't they? So they'd won about three games in a row. Very positive vibe. Killing their draft, uh, killing their draft projection. 22 to six loss to, uh, Cincinnati, again, uh, not a whole lot to say about this one. Andy Dalton is nothing special at all. You just look at the numbers, you know, 88 quarterback rating, 59%, one touchdown, no turnovers, luckily. Le'Veon Bell, what a frickin' waste. What a frickin', frickin' waste. And Joe Mixon, what a frickin' waste, too. He's he's not that good. And again, it's a waste seeing these you know supposedly star running backs playing on these yucky teams and you know, getting, getting kept under like three yards of carry. It's just garbage against another awful team. Yeah, it's another game like hell with it, right? <sighs> Arizona's completely done, obviously. They're just like Detroit now, 34-7. to Loss, and L.A. Rams hanging on to that 6th seed. Or no, they're not. They're trying to catch the Minnesota Vikings, Or right, eight 8-4 with a 6th seed. That kind of sucks. The Vikings might end up 12-4 and four and still be in the 6th seed, which is so unfair. L.A. Rams, after a couple of bad games in a row, a couple of bad games, 2 out of 3 kind of type of thing, Thirty-four to seven over Arizona, just romped all over them because their season is very much on the line at this stage. They pretty much have to run the table here to even have, uh, hope to make the postseason. Because I think Vikings are going to go eleven and five or twelve and four, that type of thing. Jared Goff passed for four hundred and twenty-four yards. He put up the numbers. Kyler Murray didn't do a whole lot against the Rams' defense that finally woke up again. And Todd Gurley had a nice comeback game after he's been off injured the last calendar year. He's not been the same guy for a while. Another running back who. Aged too fast. Way, way, way too fast. Seems like he just started. What the hell? Uh, Five yards of carry against Arizona. And they romped all over the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Did I go too far? Did I go too far? Uh, Yeah, but I'll talk about, I'll get back to Detroit again. Detroit, Chicago. What am I saying? Anyway, Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Patrick Mahomes is back, can you tell? Because the Chiefs scored 40 points against an Oakland team that was, you know, hanging in there. 6-5. and five, They're hanging in there. They're in the hunt. Well, they're 6-6 six and six now, and Kansas City's back to first place, but they'll be on the road in the first round, and they're probably not going to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to get past New England or uh, Baltimore, but New England did not look good this weekend either. Josh Jacobs, the star running back for Oakland again, kind of on an island because Derek Carr is going back to being mediocre again multiple turnovers, mediocre numbers. He's kind of like the Andy Dalton of the Oakland Raiders with more turnovers, actually. Patrick Mahomes, conservative type of game, that's for sure. Very conservative game. But just the fact he's there uh, is the big threat at the end of the day. And Kansas City had some big moments, again, defensively with the uh, pick sixes. So that helps a lot. Pick six and a car. At least one pick six there. Thornhill with the pick six. Got things rolling. Patrick Mahomes not only passing, but rushing for a touchdown. Overall, solid game. Lashawn McCoy, the now kind of ancient Lashawn McCoy at the end of the day. Um, Not a good uh, game by the Oakland Raiders, but no surprise at Arrowhead. I didn't think the Raiders were going to beat them with Patrick Mahomes back in the mix again. Uh, Good overall. Great game by Kansas City. Getting the yardage, the field position, and pretty much everything they wanted throughout the game. Good, solid running, despite the numbers weren't really there offensively, but the the results were, including the pick six as well from defense, and John Gruden with the stare, wondering what the hell is going on, basically, but well, we we know what's happening. Kansas City's better, you know. Denver-LA Chargers, another kind of a yucky game. Two yucky teams. The Vikings will be playing the Chargers in about two weeks. Should be an entertaining matchup. We'll see what happens at that one. We'll get to it when it matters. Uh, Denver Broncos again. This is another one of those games you don't want to have a whole lot to say. It's a crying shame seeing Philip Rivers. You can see that's another guy I think his past is past his prime. He's getting old. He's not that good. And the Chargers just don't have a whole lot to offer other than Melvin Gordon the third. I think a good, solid, awesome running back. Uh, Chargers defense isn't what it was, and they're probably going to have a coaching change. Unfortunately, after what an awesome season they had last year, they wound up. Being a whole lot of nothing. It was such a shame, such a damn shame, how the Chargers lost in the first round last year. Another team with a great record that had to go on the road because just the way things were. Because Kansas City had such a great record, and it just it was too bad. It was just too little, too late for them. Drew Luck, very solid performance, getting the key first downs and leading Denver to their fourth victory of the season. And the Chargers stuck at four victories. Uh, my Vikings need to win that game. By the way, it's not going to be easy because every road game sucks. I don't even remember New England getting to 22 points. That's kind of funny. It was such a nasty game, and then New England kind of made it interesting down the stretch. Kai Forbath missed a pretty easy field goal in the game, or and he missed a oh he missed an extra point, is what he did. That helped hurt the Patriots. Tom Brady helped lead his team to a couple of nice plays in that fourth quarter. He did a hell of a job ultimately. After going down twenty-eight to nine, you figured Tom Brady's going to lead another comeback, and he kind of did for a while. But they just ran out of time. There just wasn't enough time left, and they couldn't get it done. Twenty-two to 20, 28, 22 Houston was frustrating Tom Brady and the and the uh, Patriots receivers throughout the game. I mean, throughout the game, Deshaun Watson had some beautiful plays, kind of like off one leg, just firing that ball into the end zone with incredible accuracy. And uh, there was the trick play with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, also quick little touchdown. To Deshaun Watts. And it was one of those, uh, it was like the Philadelphia play to uh, Nick Foles in the end zone, which also foiled the New England Patriots. Luckily, this wasn't a big playoff game or something that ended up costing the Patriots and ending their season. Uh, James White is like, he he is the number one uh, receiving running back in the NFL since 2015. Isn't that something? And he had 98 yards receiving in the game, including two touchdowns. And remember, he uh, recorded the final play of the game in that great comeback against the Atlanta Falcons couple of years ago. That was an awesome play, and uh, it's just, he is really something. Uh, Kai Forbath, yes, he missed the extra point after the Patriots were kind of trying to mount their comeback in that third quarter, slowly but surely, and then he was cut yesterday. In the, he was cut yesterday, Monday. Kind of sad. Kai Forbath again, but he was just kind of a band-aid there. We all know they're a star kicker and who what his identity is. Poor Kai Forbath. I, I like him. It's too bad he missed that extra point. I like Kai Forbath just fine. I mean, Dan Bailey missed an extra point too yesterday. That was stupid, but welcome to the NFL, right? Uh, frustrating game by Brady. He was getting pissed off at his receivers, yelling at them and such. It was a as somebody who likes the Patriots, it was tough to watch on Sunday night. Very tough to watch, and I don't know, very very tough indeed. At the end of the day, Uh yep. Well, with that said, let's get back to Detroit here. Minnesota, Detroit again, a favorable matchup historically. For many years at Detroit, especially at home for the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota's 35, 39, and two historically with the Detroit Red Wing Lions. Now the Vikings have won four in a row. The last game was in U.S. Bank Stadium when Dalvin Cook uh, tore his ACL and fumbled the ball, and Vikings lost 14 to 7 in a defensive battle against an offensive-minded team at the time. They had the offensive coach Caldwell there, but only seven bleeping points. And Case Keenan was not very good in that game. From what I remember, he threw an interception, a couple of key turnovers. I think he had two interceptions that game. And that was the when it was like, oh, please, Teddy or Sam Bradford, please come back. And then we had that crazy baseball score against Chicago and wound up surviving and winning that game. When Case Keenum came in and was a completely different guy, Sam Bradford was like a statue out there. Couldn't do jack crap. It was it ended up being his last game with Minnesota. And of course, Teddy, they just weren't comfortable bringing him in yet. And he wasn't officially ready to go until uh, the Cincinnati game, when he basically knelt down a couple times. Vikings were blowing out a pretty bad Cincinnati team at the time. When has Cincinnati been good? No, they've had some good games but not that one. Minnesota has dominated the history with Detroit but Detroit has had some good stretches. Remember, Detroit won three games in a row before that. uh, and They had a couple of winning streaks. They had that frustrating defensive battle in the trenches. Uh, against Detroit back in 2014 in U.S. Bank Stadium, no, uh, TCF Bank Stadium. Kept the Vikings only three points. They were phenomenal, that defensive line of Detroit in that game. I still remember that very well. So, again, we're not going to rehash all the way back to the 60s here with Detroit, but uh, just recent memory. It's cool to look at. Again, whenever it's a division rival, that's what we're going to do at the end of the day. Historical uh, back and forth type of thing. Detroit Lions, 3-8-1, and not having fun. Uh, Patricia, is this probably his last game against the Vikings? Will the Vikings go 4-0 against Matt Patricia? I think the chances are insanely high. Uh, Stafford's been out for a long time. I don't know if he's going to play again this year. It just kind of is what it is at the end of the day with the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford. I was almost going to call him Drew Stafford. You've seen Jeff Driscoll play... You've seen David Blow play. David Blow, he's been a, you know, he's he's had his moments here and there. Of course, he only played against the Bears so far. It was not a bad game against a decent Detroit defense. Uh, I'm guessing that's the case here. So most likely that's who it's going to be. David Blow as Jeff Driscoll is just not the answer. Obviously, he had an eye and he was injured as well. Multiple injuries to multiple quarterbacks. But Blow did good against the Bears. He started very strong. And didn't finish well. Uh, Stafford, unfortunately, it kind of is what it is. <sighs> at this point, I wouldn't blame him if he didn't want to play. Uh, at, the, at this stage, it's not been good, obviously. Um, Stafford is inactive and all that. It just kind of is what it is. And it's almost not worth having him in there. He's had back problems, this and that. It's kind of not worth having him in there with eight losses. They're not going to make the playoffs. Their season's done. I mean, you, I mean, the worst record the Vikings could have is 8-8. Eight and eight. It's not going to happen and Vikings are probably going to beat Detroit anyway, even if Stafford's healthy at this stage. That's just how it is right now. Um, to me, it's just it's just one of those no-excuse type of games. It's a, it's a division rival, so you're going to get up for it enough, I gotta hope. Carry on Johnson. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. There is just nothing. Their, their running game is just like nothing right now. It's sad. But uh, Amir Abdullah, I forgot to even mention he fumbled the kickoff, or yeah, he fumbled on the kick return, and you know, I didn't even mention that. That was one of the major things, too, in the game. It's just there's so many other things that I got to, and I didn't even mention that. But it's like, imagine Amir <laughs> Amir Abdullah right now in Detroit. He'd probably be their leading rusher. That's how weak it is right now. Passing game, yes, they're very pass-oriented. You got Marvin Jones with his 741 nine touchdowns, really good numbers. Uh, Kenny, Holl- Kenny Galladay, not Holiday. 950 at 9 touchdowns. So you definitely are pass-oriented, of course, and Matthew Stafford is like a 4,500-yard type of guy. But again, he's not going to be out there anymore. He got to 2,500 this year, unfortunately, and Jeff Driscoll is not up to par. I don't think Stafford should be playing, especially with the back situation. It's not worth it. They call him week-to-week, that type of thing. Who knows? Maybe he will suit up. But it sounds like David Blow will be the starter going into Sunday. 280 yards, two touchdowns, solid game against the Bears, but uh, again, did not finish the job at the end of the day and had an interception with stacked twice. They're just not a very good team right now. Uh, they're not well coached. The defense gives up points. They really do. Uh, Detroit has gotten scorched time and time again, and I just and again, Mitchell Trubisky threw for how many yards again? Like 350 yards against that defense. So, if Mitchell Trubisky can do it, I think you're going to see another positive, positive showing by uh, Kirk Cousins. I think you're going to see another... I think you're going to see a 300-plus-yard performance for Cousins. You might even get to see Sean Mannion out there if it's something like a 35, to 15, 14 type of game. I think the Vikings put up 30-plus points in the game. Uh, Delvin Cook should be healthy, but I think he's going to be limited. I think I should limit him, maybe plateau him with uh, Alexander Madison. I'd rather see Madison uh, be the leading carrier in the game. Cook can play in the game, especially if needed. Maybe a couple of screen plays, maybe here and there. But I think Alexander Madison is going to actually uh, carry the load, so to speak, for the Minnesota Vikings. But I do expect Kirk Cousins to put up nice numbers against Detroit like he did last time around. Uh, I expect a very solid, positive game for Kirk Cousins. I would love to see it be a quick game. Uh, obviously, you, you do want to establish the run a bit with Madison and Cook here and there. Maybe even Amir Abdullah or CJM, whatever it is. Oh, will Adam Thielen ever play again? Of course, he had the hamstring thing. We'll talk about that in the next segment as well. Adam Thielen, has been a, he's been a big loss as well. As so The Vikings did not go deep against Seattle at all in the game. That was a frustrating situation. Big problem. Uh, Detroit, again, to me, I expect the Vikings to put up the numbers. I expect... Uh, a th- I'm going to go something. Yeah, I think the Vikings score 34 points against Detroit. I could be way off, but I, I just got a feeling we're going to put up really nice numbers. You're going to see that offense come out to play. 34... 34- to 20. I think Vikings put up big numbers against Detroit. Detroit maybe somehow gets to 20 just like they did against Chicago somehow. And again, with the way the secondary is playing, don't be surprised if Detroit gets even more. Maybe 34 to 24, something like that. It's probably going to be annoying a bit. How much higher scoring and Detroit's given up the the points and everything. The defense is bending and breaking for Detroit. It's not bend but don't break like it was for the Patriots supposedly. He broke against the Eagles, too, when Matt Patricia was the D coordinator. So I don't think Patricia's that good. Uh, I don't think he's a good defensive coordinator either. It's too bad. And it's like no offense to the guy either. You know, God bless him. I can imagine his frustration right now. I can only imagine. He got a chance to be a head coach in the NFL, and it's just not working out. And it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Detroit was a pretty good team under Jim Caldwell, and I I don't know. I think they made a mistake there. I think everybody knows that at this stage. Vikings win 34-20. I think it'll be a solid effort. Cousins is going to get over 300 yards, multiple touchdowns. Will Thielen ever be back? Hopefully, 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 hopefully at least by Green Bay at the end of the day. This one, if the Vikings can win without him, so be it. But uh, if he comes back, that'll only help. Maybe a couple of catches just to kind of get him going again, get him comfortable out there again, and uh, let's roll. But it should be a solid, positive win for Minnesota. With that said, we'll take a quick break and get to Fan interaction. We are back here on Purple Mafia segment number three, fan interaction, ready to rock and roll at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. I encourage you to follow that and join on board. I want to thank Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, Malcolm McSween out of California for retweeting, and also Gerald String out of Nebraska retweeting the most recent show, episode 305, Comeback Cousins. Right there. Thank you so much. Uh where was it? Sam Gubb. I keep saying his name wrong, Sam Gupta, I keep saying it wrong and I apologize, he was saying thanks for getting it out so quickly, can't wait to hear this episode and thank you so much again, hope you did enjoy it Sam, who is also out of California there, thank you Sam for uh, always being a part of this show, you're you're awesome, so uh, I don't know, oh yeah, there's a couple of Mad Martin tweets up here from Northern Scotland, Mad Martin. He says, Zimmer D giving up 37 points. Disappointing. Disappoint point. No, I'm just teasing you. Disappointing. Six straight losses against Seattle is disappointing. Yes, it is. At this point, boy, point is a big word, isn't it? Because we gave up a lot of those. At this point in the season, the Vikings haven't beaten a team that currently has a winning record. Currently, yeah, because the Raiders, yeah, they went back down. They went back up. Cowboys are 500 yeah, that's a good. <clears throat> dare I say the word again? That's a good point, uh, Mad Martin. It really is. Their eight wins are against teams that have a combined thirty-two, sixty-three, and one, with a winning percentage of point three four zero. So yeah, and their four losses against teams with a combined record of thirty-three and fifteen. Interesting, interesting. Uh, that's a good take there. It's a bummer. It's starting to remind us. Might remind, remind us of the Golden Gophers. Dare I? Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. You know, I mean, let's just say Paul Bunyan's axe is back in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, that sucked. Resoundingly. Um, that was really painful. Vikings will not be, or Gophers will not be going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, welcome to Minnesota sports. Some of you that just got here the last 10 years or so, obviously. And Mad Martin's from Northern Scotland, but he's been a Viking fan since the Super Bowl days. So he, he knows very well about uh, being disappointed. And I know every sports team is disappointed. Like, look at the Cowboys the last X amount of years. As great as they were in the past with five Super Bowls total, they've stunk. So it's funny. It's just they have the five Super Bowls to fall back on. We don't have Jack. That's where the frustration comes in. So, no, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to poo-poo anybody's frustration. We have it. It's huge. And uh, I don't know. Ugh, that stupid gopher loss was really something to behold. It was crap. It really was crap. You could just feel it coming. When gopher hockey got thwarted by North Dakota 9-3. to 9-3. to three. Ugh, mm. I hate North Dakota too. North Dakota. Ugh. And those of you from North or South Dakota, God bless you. Nothing against you as a person at all. I just don't like the North Dakota fighting Sioux, fighting Hawks, whatever they call them. Extremely frustrating uh, weekend for the gopher hockey team. I am a gopher hockey fan. Check out Brave the Wild. Yes, that's mostly the wild. but I'll talk about uh, gopher hockey a little bit on that as well. Uh, you know, looking at the prospects and such. So, let's get to the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Also going to give a shout out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, Trevor Wickerin, the founder of that page. Kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on there. So, I'm more than obliged to uh, encourage you to join that page as well and comment just like you do on this one. Links to uh, the Twitter account and the uh, Facebook page will be on. will be in the show description along with the email address because I'm going to be telling you how to do an audio submission at the end of the show. Gerald out in Nebraska talking about, uh, excuse me, commenting on the post of the last uh, show, which was two whole weeks ago already. He says, such a crazy game to be at. Oh, yeah, he went there. Yep, watched it twice over on Game Pass. Watched it twice over on Game Pass. Denver, not as bad a team as people think. You know, they, beat, they, they beat the Chargers, or the record indicates that defense is no joke. Cortland Sutton is no joke either. Broncos just needing to approve the O-line and find a quarterback. Yeah, that's for sure. Yep, they definitely need that. Uh, Maybe they found one in in lock. Well, you never know. I guess you never know these days. I think in the end, at this point in time, we were the better team and somehow survived the hurricane. Trying to figure out this defense, if this defense has the potential to to make us relevant in the playoffs. I say no. I, I say no. After last night, it's just further proof. I say no. They're not. Um, they're not. I'll continue. He says I watch Xavier in particular. Apparently, I just don't think he ever recouped from that last injury. He was fighting last year. He still plays in the. He still plays well in the red zone, if he doesn't have to cover a lot of ground. Otherwise, he's just too slow in open field, and then tries to grab when he gets beat. They have to figure that out if we plan on going anywhere in the playoffs. Guess we have to get to the playoffs before we have to worry about that. Not guaranteed just yet. I know, but still not guaranteed. I don't think the Rams are going to catch the Vikings, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen with Detroit, Green Bay, Chicago. Those are tough games, obviously, even though they're very winnable because they're all in U.S. Bank Stadium, which is awesome. Vikings, uh, three games at home and one in Los Angeles Charger land, and Chargers have not been good this year. They stink. Uh, Gerald String says, wow, can't wait to listen. So he was very excited about the release of the show. Um, I don't think this defense is good enough to take the Vikings far. The offense is. It's a damn shame. It's always a pendulum. It's always a seesaw. The offense is good. The defense is bad. The defense is bad. The defense is good. The offense is bad. It's never, there's never a balance where it's that miraculous season. Like the 2017 Vikings, Case Keenum had his moments. He was clutch here and there. But he just did not have the physical, special skills to take the Vikings to the Super Bowl. He just didn't have it. He didn't have the arm. You know, he just wasn't good enough. Let's just put it plain as day. He wasn't good enough. And the offensive line just wasn't there at all to protect him. So damn frustrating. The offensive line just wasn't there and then again the Vikings secondary got exposed that was the first real day when that secondary got absolutely exposed and it was exposed on national television worldwide television honestly because people all over the world saw that game the NFC title game uh captain of the comeback Stefan Diggs doesn't hide his emotions in the victory that was fun as well he kind of kept the Vikings going he was getting mad on the sidelines and kept things moving telling people to get their head out of their ass basically I was saying, I'm becoming concerned a number of people have left the page. Yeah, a, a few have. Yep, and I was saying uh, the number is significantly down. The good news is they're catching up. It's just slow. Uh, I was saying, I don't know what the heck is going on. What did I do? So I appreciate the kind of people that have responded. Um, it's catching up. It's catching up. It's Sometimes people just get behind in the episodes and like Tony Coleman as I kind of figured, had a feeling You know, he just, you know, he's busy. He's got multiple kids and he's always got a lot of stuff going on. Things things happen like you you know they're planning on this and oh shoot the game is on but uh, we're already doing this other thing with the kids it's just that's life it is what it is so I I understand I shouldn't say I apologize you know I wasn't like complaining necessarily at anybody directly it just is what it is but uh, people call to catch up at times and the numbers always seem to be relative at the end of the day it just takes a while sometimes and sometimes it's boom there they are right away so. It is what it is. They're catching up. Still below average, which is weird uh, when it's a good season, but it is what it is. Uh, sh- I, I don't think this show is in trouble or anything, no. But, you know, I've had these type of weird stretches before, and then it always seems to catch up. It's just still, it's frustrating when it's happening. Aaron Haas says, keep, uh, keep up the great work. And thank you, Aaron, very much. Kurt Back. Lakeville says, I'm forever, your, I'm forever yours, Joey squirrel brother. <laughs> thank you very much for that. Susan Anderson Benson says, hang in there. I'm not much for making comments, but consistently enjoy your posts. Keep them coming. Thank you very much. I hope she means the podcast as well. Thank you very much, Susan. Maybe she, that probably is what she means. Yep, uh, that's probably exactly what she means. Um, She just doesn't comment much. So that's how it works. Uh, Today is out of New Zealand, of course. Legendary guy out of New Zealand. Big time Timberwolves fan. And he has joined the Vikings as well here on Purple Mafia. Timberwolves Explosion fan, he says. Uh, and Timberwolves, of course, themselves. Sorry, mate. I'm always a wee bit behind listening, but I'm still here with you. Your content sparks, speaks for itself. The numbers will come back, I'm sure. And that, that was the encouraging part. That's usually what it is. You just get behind a little bit. Yeah, pe- people just get behind. I mean, I'm, I'm behind on a couple podcasts as well. Um, so that's just how it goes. Sometimes you get behind and then you gradually catch up. So that's where sometimes I'll see a show just like the number, like like huh what the hell? And then I'll look at it again like a month or two later and it's like, Oh, okay. Okay, never mind. You know, like, you know, it's just a slow roll, a slow burn as they say, but then all of a sudden things change. Mark Carlson, Iowa says it it's not the host and it's not the team, it's not the podcast. I think it in fact I think the show has evolved and has become better and more focused. Love what I hear every week, and I often suggest or share it with others that I meet online and in person. And can't thank you enough for that, Mark. I cannot thank you enough. That is the greatest ever, and it has evolved. It really has. You know, like the the different type of roundups, and uh, there was a while where I didn't do it. At the very beginning, I did it, too, but it wasn't as good as it is now. Um, I I don't think I enjoyed it as much back then. Uh, I think I rambled more back then, too, which maybe that's why it wasn't as good. This was, like, way back at the beginning. I just kind of rambled it away. I didn't make it as entertaining or whatever the heck the word you might call it. Tony Coleman South Dakota says, "I've just lost time, man. I'm barely able to even watch games and see that's what I mean." Yep, that's what I was saying. How, you know, you just lost he's lost time. He's, you know, he's had a, he's got a lot of uh, young kids, so it just is what it is. It is what it is. They take up your time and that's that's how life goes. And it looks like he's back posting again, which I appreciate very much and I can tell he watched uh, the Monday game. So that's good. We'll get to him shortly up up above josh mayor henry colorado says i'm not going anywhere as long as you're still doing what you're doing god bless you thank you josh yep and he's going to the hall of fame very soon if you know what i mean purple mafia hall of fame Bret mccarthy also purple mafia hall of fame tony coleman mark carlson yep carol's ring yeah 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 yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> Brad mccarthy says i'm with you there are new po- podcasts similar to yours i know you I know one is Skull Report. And, yep, I, I know what it is. A lot of them have been popping up. A lot of them have been popping up. He says, Vikings Wire is another. I like what you do. I'll stay right here. Been invited to those pages. Lots of idiots on there. <laughs> yep, thank you very much. There are a lot of people that are, you know, the, I, I don't like the guys that wear shades, basically. You know, they wear the purple and gold shades. They can't look at They can't look at things honestly. That's a pain in the butt. Or they over-criticize certain things that are unnecessary. There's that too. Um, Celestar Thomas says, I'm here. Yeah, thank you enough. Thank you, Celestar Thomas. Love you. Love you. Uh, I appreciate you very much. Um, I th- yeah, he's the one in Hawaii. That's right. From South Carolina. Cool, Celestar. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, Gerald Strink says, still the best Vikings podcast on the planet. Nebraska, Gerald Strink, Thank you so much. Brad McCarthy says, you're the best. Sebastian Barton says, over-pollution of shows. Yes. Yes. That's what it is. That's what it is. It is. It is over-pollution of shows. Absolutely. Um, Matt Emer says, stay strong, brother. Their loss. Thank you very much, Matt Emer out of the UK. God bless you. He's been around for a long time, like 2010, 2009-ish. Started off on Twitter. Yeah, love you, Matt Emer. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, And yeah, the over-pollution of shows, that's for sure. It's crazy, because when I started... You know how many Viking podcasts there were when I started back in 2008? The only thing that was out there was Purple on Demand from KFN, where it was basically just repeats of certain segments on KPA, Dan Barrero, maybe Common Man, whatever. Maybe like the, the coach press conference. And it was just replays of certain segments. Like, oh, we had Ben Lieber on. We had, uh, that's all it really was. And then Purple Mafia. That was it. And that was kind of cool. Ah, boy. If that was around... If if that was the case now, I'd be getting... Oh, my God. I bet the numbers would be insane. They would be because of time and more and more people getting into, you know, getting smartphones. Because back then, not not as many people had smartphones as they do now. They just didn't. You know, people still had a lot of flip phones and stuff back in 2008. So it's back in the day. Um, it really is. And people weren't used to listening to stuff like this back then as much as they are now. Because back then people thought oh i'm not going to i don't have time to sit in front of a computer and listen to your show well you don't you don't that's the whole point you know smart device blah 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 you could as long as you have something to cover up the the noise you could do it while you're mowing lawns which i you know those 3m earmuff type things something to cover up the noise you could do it while you're mowing the lawn you could do it while you're mopping the floor vacuuming going for a bike ride going for a walk you know it is what it is so once people realize that, it makes it so much easier to uh, rock and roll. Interesting statistic brought up by Paul Allen during the course of the week uh, last week. Since 2012, the Seattle Seahawks are 55 and 0 when leading by four or more at halftime, and that's the thing. The Vikings led by the Vikings led by four or more at halftime, so uh, we lost. Uh, that sucks. Brett McCarthy says really nervous about this game. What Viking team will show up? Uh, good offense, but crappy, uh, crappy record. Or crappy finish, should I say. Crappy third quarter. Changed everything. And I was nervous, too. Kurt Back says, we broke... We just broke an 0-99 record, so why not this one? Yeah? Eric Mostard, South Dakota, says... Primetime game after a bye. Uh Uh-oh. Kurt Back says, Adam Thielen did not practice today. That's the truth. Kelly Esperanza says, it's about to go down. Yep, nice. Thank you for that. Mark Carlson says... I like to hear stats and odds, but they can be very condemning sometimes. Good thing Moses didn't listen to such talk, or the chapter of Exodus wouldn't—I well, mean, would—would would have a different name. yep, <laughs> yep, And that's about the same chances the Vikings have in this game, I would guess. Maybe the Vikings don't have to part the Red Sea, but oh boy, oh boy, that hurts just because re- oh. <laughs> you remember what I was talking about in that first segment. let's continue, maybe the Vikings don't have to part the Red Sea but they would gain so much advantage and confidence if they win this game along with with what uh, that is earned respect, Skull Brothers and Sisters oh yeah unfortunately the Vikings Red Sea was parted and that's why Seattle got their 200 bleeping rushing yards oh sorry and I don't mean to turn it into that, I'm sorry Oh, frickin' Seattle. But uh, yeah, if we did win, we would have been... Minnesota would have had a shot at home field advantage in the playoffs. Legitimate shot at it. And, you know, we, we were that close to getting it too, isn't it? It's so, it sucks. It's a bummer. Uh, yep, Thielen and Holmes downgraded to out for Monday's game. Tom Lethrup says... He must have tore it pretty bad at the start. Should have not tried to play in Kansas City. I agree. Worried about this game. Our corners have been horrible of late. And, yeah, they continued to be horrible, Tom, unfortunately. Mark Carlson says it's bad news. Maybe Beastie Johnson will continue to shine, and he didn't. Yep, Seattle will surely test our defense. Man, I don't even know what to say. I want them healthy, but if more time is needed, I guess... Till the till uh, un, until then, it's next man up. Skull Brothers and Sisters. Yep, he is riding the uh, Dave Martin. Uh, he is riding the Dave Martin wave with Skull Brothers and Sisters. I like that. I like that. Dave Hickey, out of Iowa, says even if Thielen were playing in Seattle, we would have had a hell of a time winning. Yep, we would have a hell of a time winning. That's true. Kurt Back says that sucks. Elijah Quist says still should be a good game. I'll be at work. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, Kurt says okay, I'll see you then, buddy. Yep, they must know each other. Thank you for jumping on board, Elijah. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Indeedy, indeedy. Elijah. Yes, sir. We got Moses and Elijah on here, huh? Moses and Elijah. I like it. Yep, 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 yep. Uh was this the in-game thread? Nope, that's the post-game. And this time I couldn't get the freaking helmet logos. It just I couldn't get anything up there. And I was getting mad so I just said hell with it and just threw it up there. Why is this doing this? You stupid son of a gun. Why is this doing this? Ugh! Stupid Seahawks and their 12th man. Yeah, that was beyond frustrating. Okay, most relevant. Everything's relevant. So it's all comments. You son of a... Most relevant. I hate you, face. Cut that out. Justin Meer Henry was talking about the drive was looking great. Keep it up. That was during the course of the game. Cedric Polding says, Unbelievable. fumble the kickoff. Only in Minnesota. Yeah, that's that stupid... Uh, I'm doing a lot. come on, man, that's not—that's the second time he's done that this year already. Gerald String was saying, "I don't watch much MNF Monday Night Football," but is the announcer's name really Booger McFarland? Yes, it is. Wasn't that dude in Revenge of the Nerds? No, but he was a good—he was an NFL player. He did say that the—he uh, did make a huge mistake in the game too, saying that the uh, heartbreaking loss for Minnesota in the Minneapolis Miracle. But what do you mean? If it's the Minneapolis miracle, why would it be a heartbreaking loss? So, yeah, that's, that's funny. Oh, yeah, he messed that up. But he apologized right away after that one. Sometimes it happens. I mean, I, I do stuff like that sometimes on this show. And it's like, no, I did not do that. Cedric Paulding says, Autumn is a semi, by the way. Why didn't Zimmer use his last time out before the two-minute warning? He cost us a full minute on the clock. Poor time management. Yep. A lot of weird things. Gerald's Ring says, Xavier is a major viability Liability. He is just imploding. Was hoping the bye week would help, but think he has just lost a step out of frustration. He makes a stupid mental mistake. That's when you know it's time to get something figured out, and that's for damn sure. Leander Shever so saying, wow, it's tight. Yep, tight game there. Pick six. Yep, Brett McCarthy excited about that. What can Turk Kirk, Kirk do in 21 seconds? Tony Coleman was saying, unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Eric moss was saying that's a good tip. Yep, that was the uh, shot block, basically, I call it. That's a good tip. A <laughs> good tip is right. Oh, bleep, not digs, not Cook. Yep, multiple, yeah, things going on there. Why even slam your helmet down? That was all on you. That's that stupid Rhodes again. Yep, he is just, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. He's not a good one. Let's get to the post-game threads. Sometimes I like to mingle around in the in game, and now we'll move on to the post-game. And again, everything's relevant, you schmucks. Not not you, the listeners, but the... Yeah. the Facebook is schmucks when it does that. Okay, I was saying F the Seahawks. I didn't say the word. I just said EFF the Seahawks and their stupid twelve man. Good night. I was just in a mode. I was angry and frustrated. I probably shouldn't have uh, said that, but I did. Hopefully nobody else unfollowed the show after that. <laughs> Tony Coleman, South Dakota, says the absence of Adam... And the exit of Delvin was really felt tonight. They had a shot on that last offensive drive. If the injured stars had been well, the Vikings would have marched it in. I think there was a chance, too. Sales defense not what it used to be. Dave Vicky was saying, do you think Rhodes is on the team next year? Zimmer seems to stick up for him a lot. That's what I'm afraid of, too. Tony says, oh, and Rhodes, stupid, stupid head out of bounds. That led to field possession and a score. Come on, man. Yep, and no, I I do not want uh, Rhodes back. Yep, so I guess oh, I don't think anybody responded to Hickey. I will say no. No chance Rhodes is coming back. I, if, if they know what they're doing over there, if they're not crazy, Rhodes is not coming back. Dave Hickey says, too many turnovers to think you're going to win in Seattle. Man, I wish old slick Rick would have been smart enough to draft Russell Wilson. Ugh, we would have won at least once a row by now. I think so, too. I think for sure. Gerald String says, why? Well, why in the hell didn't the coach tell Abdullah, do not run that out? You suck as a return guy, and you fumble a lot. Maybe we better not put a big game in your hands. Like, I get scared every time they try to run one out. Newsflash, you didn't want to pay Cordero $3 bucks, so you made the decision to have a kick returner. So you made the decision having a kick returner. Not worth it, so please just give it up for the rest of the season. Please quit trying to run the ball out on kickoffs. Yep, I know what you mean there. Yep, out of the end zone. Please, please, Santa Claus, that's all I want for Christmas. Quit trying to run kickoffs back. We really suck at it. Sorry, Amir. I know you meant well. <laughs> yep, Ali Sidikai. Ali Sidikai, locally here says, Great comeback, but still a tough loss. Mark Carlson says, That was a very winnable game. Very winnable without huge mistakes. Bonnie Wald says, We're not surprised by the outcome, right? I'm not, and I wasn't too surprised because, I don't know, we always lose there. It sucks. Leland Elbertson out of Iowa says, it was still really two good teams in a big big game battle. We fought all the way back and was still there in the end. Could have went either way. Personally, I thought, considering all the mistakes, it was a hard-fought game. Sea Chickens just have their number. One more thing to consider, any time a team drops 30 points on the road, it's an accomplishment. Yep. Against that caliber team also, a few less shots into their own foot and the outcome would have been different. Truth. Truth. Jeff Holgren, yeah, you know, going going way negative on this one. He says, Vikings are done. Never stick eighty four million to a into a quarterback. So that generated some back and forth here. Trey Buckholes jumping on board. Says Jeff Holgren, that's cheap now. They aren't even close to done. They are still the sixth seed. Jeff responds with sh- Cheryl Cheryl, part of just saying you can't stick, okay, there, there's a Cheryl in there. Uh, you can't stick that much into one player and can't afford to get others. Oh, and 8 on Monday Night Football, yep, said Jeff Holmgren. He was responding to Trey Buckholz, six seed means nothing when you can't win on the road. One game and done, but everyone will be happy they made the playoffs. I understand Jeff's frustration there. I do. Um, I agree that they're not done either, though. I agree with kind of both of you in those ways. Like Trey Buckholz, yes, they're not done. No, they're, they're not done. I understand Jeff's Feeling too though about the 16, not being a whole a whole lot of a good thing. There's Cheryl. There's a, Let's get back to what Cheryl said. She says she was saying Jeff Holmgren he had more yards than Wilson. Refs were BS too. But hey, we will see them in the playoffs and hopefully payback. I I hope so. Todd Vandermy out of Indiana says it wasn't number eight. The Vikings defense literally sucks. Yes, I agree with Todd there, 100%. Um, Jeff Holmgren is saying clutch quarterback would have made the last drive work. Doesn't happen. Cedric Paulding says Zimmer blew this game. His piss poor timeout management cost us a full minute of time on the clock. Yeah, that was bad, and he's never been good at it, has he? Has he, uh, Cedric? Jeff says Vikes will probably give him 95 million for two years average contract. is done? me. Who knows? Brett McCarthy says anyone that blames Kirk for this is not a true fan. The defense let this team down. It all started with Rhodes stupid penalty. uh stupid. Penalty, the 15-yard one, third down, and his inability to cover anyone on defense couldn't stop the run on third down. Yeah, God, they could not. And the fumbles hurt as well. Total breakdown, second half. Kirk did what he could. Diggs dropped two passes also. Yeah, Diggs was not too good. He was not. Cheryl responds with, uh, he wasn't the problem. Yep, I don't think Kirk was the problem either. Uh, Ilutra Marioni says, bleep, shit, eating, booger, lamest announcer ever. Oh, okay, yeah, he's making fun of because of that that stupid uh, comment about the uh, Minneapolis miracle. Senator Paulding says, thank the officials once again, stupid MFers. (laughs) That was entertaining stuff. Thank you guys for the comments. Oh, the very difficult task of passing out the stars. Oh, it's not going to be easy. Ah, man, it's tough. It is tough. Passing out the stars is tough. Um, Pardon me. Gold star for this episode. Jesus, Jiminy Christmas. Jiminy Christmas. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um boy oh boy. Gold star for this episode? It's so tough, man. Uh I gotta go with I gotta go with Mark Carlson and Gerald String. Brad McCarthy's going to get a gold-plated silver star, basically a gold star as well, a virtual gold star, bronze star. Uh, i got to give it to both Jeff Holmgren and Trey Buckholz. Good good, good back and forth there. Good back and forth. I appreciate the conversation. It's unfortunate you guys were uh, uh, annoyed with each other a little bit, but or maybe H- Buckholz was a little bit, but Trey Buckholz and Jeff Holmgren keeping a good conversation going back and forth, uh, thought-provoking on both sides, one way or another, or just provoking, whatever it was. But... Uh, Bronze star for both of you, silver star, gold-plated silver star for Brett McCarthy, and Gerald and Mark ringing in the gold star for this episode. With that said, I'm going to tell you about uh, getting on for the audio submission. That's how you can get your voice on here with me, just like Mark Carlson, or, uh, uh, Mark Carlson has before, but, uh, uh Mad Martin does it most frequently. He hasn't for a little while. I bet he's frustrated, or he's getting, he gets very busy. He's traveling quite a bit all the time. He's, uh, Hard-working son of a gun is uh, uh, Mad Martin. You do that by simply using the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, or maybe you have a, maybe you have a, a USB microphone and an editing software like Audacity or something, whatever it is. You press record, you talk, you stop, you save it, and you email it to Live at yahoo.com, Live at yahoo.com. And if need be, if it's not an MP3 file already, I will then convert it into one via Zamzar or Converto.com. Those websites provide a free service for me, so I'm more than happy to give them a free plug on this show. Uh, They, uh, basically, you know, I mean, they will charge you, they will charge you, like, a subscription. You'll basically sign up for a subscription if you need to, uh, convert large files frequently. So, like, like a gig or something like that. They'll charge you, like, seven bucks a month or something if you go that route, but if it's a small file, like a quick little phone call, it's free. So, I'm more than happy to, uh, Give them a free plug for this show because that helps my show. There, what they do helps my show, so I'll help them out as well. You help me, I'll help you. With that said, again, I hope all of you had a good, happy Thanksgiving. It's nice to be back in the Christmas season. I don't like to call it the holiday season. I want to call it the Christmas season. I like to say Merry Christmas. Not, yeah, I mean, I know I, I don't need to get all political. It's not even meaning to get political. I'm about, say the dang holiday. Say the, the name of the holiday. Don't just say holiday. Like, I've heard people say holiday about Thanksgiving. Just call it Thanksgiving. Just call it whatever. Call it Hanukkah. You know? You know what I'm saying, though? Or any other holiday. Just say the name of the holiday. And then we don't have to, you know, we don't have to be so PC about it. It just I, I think it's kind of silly. That's just my point of view. Say the name of the holiday. Nobody's going to get offended if you just say the name of every holiday versus say the name of no holiday whatsoever that's kind of weird Uh, sometimes I think there's a deeper rooted reason for it all but I don't know I just want to leave it alone sometimes I think that but maybe I'll keep my mouth shut on that it doesn't matter at the end of the day just your opinions your opinion my opinion is say the name of the doggone holiday just say it just say the name of it say Christmas say Thanksgiving say Halloween say Easter say July 4th you know if you're offended by that I I don't know I, I think you're too sensitive that's just my point of view You don't have to agree. I'm just throwing it in there. I probably shouldn't even be saying this at all. But, oh, well, it's at the end of the show. So nothing against anybody at all. You know, if you tell me happy holidays, I'm not going to say, oh, oh, get away from me. I hate you. Block, block. I'll I'll, I'll never talk to you again. Why would I say that? I'm just going to kind of, I don't know, figuratively roll my eyes a little bit. But that's about all. That's about all. I just say, just say the holiday. That's all. Just say say Christmas. Say Thanksgiving. Say New Year's. Say Hanukkah. And that's all you got to do. Just say it. You know, with that said, wishing again all of you a safe, happy week here. Hopefully the Vikings can take care of business. Please do rate a positive rating for Purple Mafia on Apple slash iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Double Twist, whatever, if you could do that. Uh, Google Podcasts, if you could do that, I'd greatly I thank you so much and guarantee you a star of some sorts on the next episode. With that said, hope to hear from some of you soon. Again, all the information I gave with the uh, email address and everything will be in the show description. With that said, I better get out of here. I better get going. Talk to you soon. Take care and God bless.